Welcome back to BS with Bethany Simcoe. This is your host, Bethany Simcoe. My mom literally just walked in my room like five minutes ago and we talked about the red flags episode. So many of you guys have reached out to me and like commented about how that was literally the best episode I've ever done. That was so much fun. So here is the green flags episode. Okay, but before we get into that, Good morning. It's so early here in Utah. Still, this like time difference is getting me. It got me in Hawaii. It's getting me again in Utah. I don't know if my body will ever adjust. She's just hanging on for dear life at this point. But I'm heading back to Hawaii today. My flight leaves around four. So I'm here hanging out. I'm going to record this episode. I'll edit it on the plane. I'm really hoping to get this out before New Year's. Maybe it'll release on New Year's. Okay, bring in the new year with some green flags with some good energy. Okay. Here in Utah, it's been a really fun little week. I've just spent a lot of time with my family, a lot of time with people I love. I've been feeling so grateful and so nostalgic. Obviously, yes, there's been a lot of nostalgia for Utah boy. That's a given. I landed in Utah on the day that we met a year ago. That was painful, to say the least. I've been very nostalgic over that and especially writing this green flags list. So many of these things have been either inspired by him or I've already had them on my list. And he just fulfilled them. He showed me a new level of them. I will always thank him for raising my standards. I don't regret what we did. I would never go back. I never regret meeting him. But it has brought a lot of sadness losing those things in my life. And I just have to remember, hey, whatever's meant for me will come to me. If we're meant to come back together, we will. If we're not, again, I know it ended in a very controversial way. But I know what I experienced. And I know the amounts of healthy communication that he showed me. And whether or not, I'm supposed to be with him. I was supposed to experience that. I was supposed to figure out a new level for myself, figure out a new level for my standards so that way I can share them with you and we can all have way higher standards for the future. And as for Utah boy, there is a small sense of friendship there. Like we are at this moment in contact. I don't know how long that's going to stay a fact. I don't know how long we're going to stay in contact. I think it's one of those things that it's just so hard to let go of. Because our original plan was to stay friends. We're dating at one point. My little sister asked me, were you guys even dating at one point? Okay, yes, we were. All right, it's been that long that people don't even remember that we were legitimately dating at one point, okay? He took me to Mexico to ask me to be his girlfriend, okay? Like, there was, it was a whole thing. He was great, and it was fantastic. We were actually committed to each other at one point in time, for the love of God. Okay, but then we ended up breaking up because of the long distance. So our goal when we broke up was like, hey, here's the situation. He's staying in Utah for two more years. Let's just try to be friends for two years so that when we both end up in the same city eventually, hopefully, because we're both planning on moving to San Diego. I already wanted to move to San Diego on my own. He already wanted to move to San Diego on his own. So it was like, okay, perfect slay. Let's just friend this out for two years and then move to San Diego and see what we can't make happen. However, I do not possess the ability to be just friends with this man whenever I came up here, whenever we were like texting. And to be fair, friends don't say I love you on the phone, okay? He would say, I love you, goodbye. And in my head, I go, that's not what friends say. So what's happening? It was just a very confusing situation. We both attempted to be friends. We both failed miserably. And then we went to Newport. You know the rest of the story. Things just, it didn't go well. We realized, oh, I don't think that this is going to work out long distance. We keep getting way too attached to each other. This is creating way more pain than is necessary. Let's just cut it off at the base. And we were in con no contact for three months. And then you know how it goes. After three months, there's always that little bug that gets back in your brain. And you're like, I wonder. I wonder. The wondering starts to start wondering. And it's not good. It's never good. However... <laughs> In those three months, guys, here is the absolute tea. And literally 2023 was my villain origin story. I can feel that in my bones. 2024, I'm going to become like this raging villain because in the past three months, it's been four months now, but in the past three months that we were in no contact, I swear to you, there was not a day that went by that I did not think about what we had together and cry. Okay. I was so just torn up over this. Like it just felt like my best friend had died. And Trust me, I understand how dramatic that sounds, but 98% of our relationship was just a friendship. So losing that and losing what felt like was my best friend, it just felt like such a deep loss to me and I could not stop thinking about it. So like that's what made me text him is I was like, you know what, this person that brings me so much joy and I know that, you know, there towards the end, all you saw was like the pain and the tears and everything. But throughout most of it, he brought me so much joy and so much comfort and so much calm. I was like, why would I deny myself being friends with that person? Why would I deny myself having that in my life? Because I knew that he wanted to be friends with me. I knew he wanted me in his life. 
And I know that sounds a little Delulu and I might look back and be like, okay, that's okay, whatever. But for now, I did feel like I texted him from a place of feeling like I could be friends with him. And whether or not that's true, I felt like I could be friends with him. I felt like he was someone I wanted to have in my life as a friend. Because I would tell my mom, like after we'd have conversations, like I would bring up something and I'd be like, hey, I really need to talk about this. Like, please don't be mad. We'd come up just like anxious and shy about it. And every time we had a conversation, he would just embrace my fear with open arms I would come away from that conversation feeling so much more loved so much more whole so much more calm I would just come away from that conversation being like oh my gosh like I feel so much closer to him every time we would have a hard conversation we would just fall deeper in love like it was so incredible and I called my mom after one of them and I told her I was like this is the exact level of communication that I want the fact that I am able to fall deeper in love with him because of the calmness because of the love with the gentleness in which he handles these conversations and makes me feel so reassured and makes me feel so loved and wanted it was beautiful and whether or not he's the person that I'm supposed to be with I believe that I was supposed to experience that to then recognize it in the person that I'm supposed to be with so I really do admire that relationship. And I'm just giving this preamble so that you understand why I keep referencing him through my yeses. Because in my no's list, I was referencing like Clocklet Boy a lot, like my ex a lot. But a lot of these yeses came from my relationship that I had with Utah Boy. And if that triggers you, if you're one of the Reddit girlies, eat rocks. Okay, leave. Get out while you're ahead. Or you can like stick around and like make more Reddit threads about it and like spread my name across the internet. So like, thank you. Okay, last thing before I hop in, because you know I got to chit chat for at least like 10 minutes. I have to get out of my system before I can actually get into the podcast. However, I've been so, so proud of myself being up in Utah this time, okay? I have been so incredibly calm. I had a breakdown that first day and that's fine, okay? Because what I'm learning is that yes, I have a root of an anxious attachment. I have a very deep abandonment wound and I understand that about myself. I have to realize that is going to get triggered. It's going to take a lot of work to get that into a secure attachment. And what I've been learning is that a secure attachment and like self-soothing doesn't mean not feeling those anxieties. I've been told I need to figure out how to self-soothe in this anxious attachment. And I've been trying to figure out what self-soothing means. And before to me, I was like, oh, that means I just need to shut up and just like not tell them about what I'm feeling and retreat and isolate. And that is like the complete opposite. That's an insecure, low self-esteem way to go about things. And that's not to say that insecurity or low self-esteem is something that's like wrong with you or something that you're doing wrong or something that you should feel bad about. Because as I've been discovering things about myself, I've been discovering areas of low self-esteem. And I've always considered myself an incredibly confident person. I've always considered myself someone with very high esteem, but it's really interesting how low self-esteem will creep up on you and you'll discover it and you won't even realize that your actions have been fed by this low self-esteem or by overcompensation behavior. So it's been really interesting to discover self-soothing and like what that actually means. As I've been in Utah, I've been incredibly anxious. I've been really nostalgic. I've been thinking about everything. I have been what ifing myself into a hole. And I know I can't mess things up. Like I know the universe has a plan for me, but it just feels like such a loss that I can't spend this time with someone that I considered to be the great love of my life. Like I will always consider him to be one of the great loves of my life. I think that you can have so many of those throughout your life. So not to say that there's not another one already on his way to me, but it really is just hard to deal with the loss of that and deal with the feeling of abandonment from that. So what I've been doing is I have been doing yoga every morning and just breath work. And I kid you not, probably 10 times throughout the day, I'm doing breath work. I'm doing like box breathing, which if you don't know what box breathing is, You breathe in for four counts, you hold for four counts, breathe out for four counts, hold for four counts, and then you can increase that to eight. And as your heart rate slows, you start to have this feeling of like euphoria. You start to have this feeling of like calmness, of clarity. And it is just the most incredible thing. And I'll sit there and I'll do it for as long as I need to until I have that calmness and I have that clarity. And I'll do yoga and speak affirmations to myself and listen to affirmation podcasts and listen to manifestation podcasts. And every night I've been listening to like a manifestation YouTube video just to get myself in the zone of calmness, of clarity. And that is self-soothing. When I am feeling anxious, I am doing yoga and I am breathing and I'm stretching and I'm connecting to my body. And what I wrote down is that self-soothing doesn't mean not feeling the anxiety. It just means that I'm the one who solves it. I'm the one who sits with it. And I'm still feeling the anxiety, but being secure doesn't mean not feeling that or not thinking those thoughts. It just means that I don't let it affect my actions, that I observe them, that I do things like yoga and affirmations and breath work to find action from a centered, 
calm place. And it means that I speak to myself all the things I'm experiencing. I'm not like, no, I'm not feeling this anxiety. I'm fine. It's whatever. I've been doing that EFT tapping as well. If you don't know what that is, it is tapping on meridian centers of your body as you speak your anxieties out into the universe. You're speaking about them. And it's, it sounds backwards because with affirmations, you're wanting to speak. I am calm. I am centered. I am radiant. All those things like everything is working out for me and the luckiest girl in the world. But with EFT tapping, you talk about your anxieties and you're so brutally honest with it and you are so raw with it and you're saying exactly what you're scared of and all those deep, dark thoughts that you would never say out loud. You're saying those while you tap on these meridian centers. And I really encourage you to like look into that. It's really simple, but it's so helpful because as you're tapping and acknowledging your anxiety, your anxiety starts to dissipate. And as you're going through this, I kind of cycle through it. And then those anxieties start to resolve themselves. And I can hear the way that my mind works through the problem. And I can hear the way that my mind works through that anxiety. And then at the very end, I say, I acknowledge my anxiety and I choose to move forward anyways. I acknowledge my overwhelm and I choose to move forward anyways. I acknowledge my fear and I choose to move forward anyways. And that is so powerful. Like acknowledging that and choosing to move forward anyways is beyond powerful. So that's how I've been dealing with my mind absolutely terrorizing me while I've been here in Utah. Anxious girlies rise up and I know I'm totally fine being single. Like I totally get that. Absolutely. I love being independent, but I would love to have somebody to like come home to or someone to hold my hand while I go through it. You know what I'm saying? But until I find all of my green flags in someone, I am absolutely content being Little Miss Single Bethany, being Little Miss Badass Bethany, and living my single independent lifestyle. So let's hop into my green flags that I look for in a partner. So I've split this up into a few different categories. We have one, communication, two, emotional intelligence, three, princess treatment, four, invested in me and my success, and five, invested in himself and his success. Oh, and six. Never mind, there's six. Physical, of course, we need to dive in the physical a little bit. Come on, girl, we get a little spicy. Also, my mom does listen to this. We're not going to get that. Sp- we're going to get very non-spicy. We're going to super vanilla, super like salts at max. I love you, mom. Starting with category one, communication. Oh, girl, I split communication and emotional intelligence into two because they're both so important, but I feel like they can be very distinct. But let's start with communication. Rapid fire, well, as rapid fire as I can go, Little Miss Chatterbox, but we're going to attempt rapid fire. Number one, having daily time to be completely connected in our communication and feeling heard. So at dinner, if we live together, no phones, no distractions, just us talking to each other, talking about our day, getting to know each other, just like actually being there. Like the dating each other doesn't stop when you're dating, when you're married, when you're engaged. Like it, it never stops. You should never stop getting to know that person, never stop getting to know their mind prioritizing time with them or a phone call for long distance, right? We know all about long distance over here. So a phone call, a check-in, a FaceTime, making that a priority or a moment we're just not doing anything else but being with each other. Number two is having a morning or a nighttime routine together. I cannot wait to have a nighttime routine with a person that I am absolutely in love with. But I think it'd be so fun and romantic to just be like, hey, babe, like want to go upstairs, like do our skincare together? Like Maybe we take a shower together and like light a candle, do our skincare and watch a movie and go to bed. Like, I don't know what it is, but I want to have a nighttime routine with someone or if we have a similar morning, having a morning routine with each other. I look forward to that so much about living with my partner and like building that relationship with them. And I think that's a non-negotiable. Okay, number three, frequent discussions about what household tasks will be done by who. Because I think it's so easy for all the housework to get put on the girl. But like, we are both going to be individuals. We're both going to be independent people before we come together. And he's going to know just as well as I do. Like my ideal partner is going to know just as well as I do how to load a freaking dishwasher, how to do his own damn laundry, how to clean up after himself. If I have to remind this man where the laundry hamper is, I am out. Okay, that is not my job. Like I am building a career. I am doing my thing. I have so many other things in my mind. And you are a grown fucking man. Okay, do not ask me where the laundry basket is. Do not ask me how to work the dryer. Ideally, my person that I'm going to be with has already figured out their preferences, which clothes they like to air dry, which clothes they like to wash with which clothes, which temperature they like it on. Like this person has preferences. They know exactly what they like. They are very particular because they are independent. Like I love a particular person because that means they know what they like and they're not relying on other people to tell them how to do things all the time. And I feel like if we're discussing this all the time, then no one is gonna be butthurt when it's like, I took out the trash two times this week. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much strife that can be avoided by just talking about 
what we expect to be done by who. Anyways, number five, loves intellectual and deep conversations as much as I do. And this one, oh my days, this one is huge, okay? Anybody who's ever dated me, anybody who's ever been friends with me, anybody who's ever interacted with me for long periods of time knows that I love to talk about deep shit. I have a podcast, okay? I have a whole ass podcast just for the sake of talking, okay? That's how much I like talking, especially about deep things, especially about mindset, especially about things I learn in therapy, things that I'm discovering about myself, things that I'm learning about the world. I love that stuff. And I look back on this and I laugh now because it's really like, wow, that is truly who I am. But in Newport, Utah Boy was telling me about how I think about things so deeply all of the time. And sometimes to him, it gets a little exhausting. And he's like, I just can't keep up. You think about everything all the time in all of the ways. And I go, welcome to having anxiety, my dear sir. But also it's just who I am. Like I just love thinking about those things and it's something that I will research and it's something that I will search out to listen to. And I just love it. And I want to talk about what I learn. And ideally I'm going to have a partner that is also going to want to learn about those things and is also going to want to talk about those things. And we can feed off of each other and always stay learning together. Okay, number six, discuss things before they become an issue so no resentment is built up. This kind of goes back to like the chores. Resentment only builds up if you're doing things consistently without talking about them. And if you're consistently experiencing an emotion without talking about it, bringing things up even when it's hard is so important. And that's number seven. They're really basically the same thing. Communicates his thoughts to me, even if it brings up an uncomfortable conversation. And this goes back to one of my red flags and avoidant attachment because someone who's avoidant refuses to bring up hard conversations because it might bring up a hard conversation because it's going to bring up hard emotions. It's going to bring up uncomfortable topics. And that's one thing I loved about Utah Boy in most situations is he was more than willing to bring up an uncomfortable conversation. He was more than willing to talk about things that weren't ideal, that weren't super fun and comfortable to talk about because every time we spoke about those things and we worked through it, we came out of it stronger. Like there was not one point in which we ever had anything close to a fight. I think maybe Newport may have been our closest thing to a fight, but everything else. So one person would bring up something, the other person would just meet them with love and grace and calmness. And there was never even a moment where I considered fighting with him or being angry with him. So if one person is consistently feeling something and they bring it up and we discuss it, and then they bring it up again and we discuss it and then we bring it up again. And like, I love that. Bring it up as many times as we need to, and we'll have a loving conversation about it. And I can't wait to find a partner who is just willing to do that with me over and over again as we build the most beautiful little life together. And we're so in love, and I can't. Okay, I'm excited. However, moving on to number eight, never makes me second guess his motives and makes me feel wanted and loved and important. I feel like that's self-explanatory and yet like one of the most important things. Never makes me second guess his motives. Clarity is kind, okay? That's one thing my sister would tell me through this whole Utah boy situation. Clear is kind. If he's being unclear, that's unkind. The kindest thing you can do for a person is be clear with them about your intentions. Be clear with them about how you feel because we've all been there. We've all led on someone. Okay, we've all been like, oh yeah, I'm just like not really looking for something serious right now. Fully knowing we're never gonna commit to this person, okay? I fully know that. Clarity is kind. I don't feel clear about this. I just don't feel clear. And I feel like the person that really wants me would be a little bit more clear about it, would be a little bit more hesitant to lose me. Okay, number nine in communication is comes to me when something exciting happens because I'm the one person he can't wait to tell. If he gets a promotion, he's so freaking hyped to tell me. If something happens like with his friends, he's so freaking hyped to tell me. Whenever anything good happens or anything happens in his life, He's like, I cannot wait to tell Bethany. She's going to love this. This is so cool. Like just absolute best friends vibes. And the number 10 comes to me for advice because he trusts what I have to say. I love this. I think that somewhere down here, I also wrote that the person that I want to be in a relationship is someone that I would also be in business with. Like if we were never romantically attracted to each other, he's someone that I would trust to go into business with because I trust his mindset. I trust how level-headed he is. I trust his vision. I trust his creativity. And this one is he also trusts me back. Like he comes to me because he trusts what I have to say. He trusts my emotional intelligence. He trusts my business advice. He trusts my level-headedness. And we're in this as a partnership. And he comes to me for advice on things or friendship advice or advice to this family. Like what is the point of having a relationship if you don't trust this person to give you good advice? And like they're the first person you go to because they are the first person that you want input from. Moving on to category number two, emotional intelligence. I should have made this number one because this is the most important thing to me in a relationship. Non-negotiable, absolutely top tier, 
110%. I need an incredibly emotionally intelligent person. Number one, goes to therapy. Huh, non-negotiable. Can I put non-negotiable in caps? Like, how do I speak that to you? Goes to therapy. I was talking to someone the other day, and it's this guy that I was, like, seeing in Hawaii for a little bit. You guys, okay, I've been trying to get over you, top boy. Let it be known. I have been trying. Anyways, we were talking about, like, my non-negotiables in a relationship, and I brought up going to therapy. And number two is I brought up going to couples therapy with me early on. And I mean couples therapy while we're dating, not while we're engaged, not while we're married, because I want to know how this person works through problems. I want to know how their mind works. And it doesn't have to be frequent. But it has to be there. We have to go to couples therapy together. And I don't think that you should start when there's a problem. I think you should start going as a relationship builder. So I told him that. And he was like, there is no world in which I go to therapy, especially with someone else. And I was like, oh, my days. And moments like that where I'm like, I had it so good with Utah boy. Like he was already going to therapy on his own. He was so open to going to couples therapy with me. But I have to remember men are a dime a dozen and there is somebody else out there who's already going to therapy and is more than willing to go to couples therapy with me. Like I have to remember Bethany Elizabeth, you are the most badass woman. Like you work so hard for your life. You put so much into yourself. There are lines of men just waiting to give you everything they have just for the chance to be in a relationship with you. Like there are literally people lining up outside of my door who have prepared themselves to be in a happy, healthy, loving relationship and who will consistently work on themselves and on our relationship. I have to remember that there are so many fucking people out there and everything I want in a relationship is more than available to me. Number three, understands that people mean more than objects or material means. I think a lot of this, as I'm getting into it, especially like princess treatment and things, it's a little bit on the material side. I think that a lot of the way that I feel taken care of, a lot of the way that I feel love and a lot of the things that I aim for do have to do with like material, paying for things and buying things like, you know, that side of things. But they have to understand that people mean more than objects. People mean more than material things. And they will always place human value and human feelings and human experience over things of material value and they won't get pissed off about things of material value being destroyed or like being ruined or being postponed like things like that as long as everybody is safe and happy okay number four he treats me as a stranger when i'm a stranger but he's still a gentleman and he establishes boundaries and doesn't come on too strong so i think it's always important for a man to be a gentleman all of the time like there's no exception to being a gentleman however treat strangers as strangers when we are a stranger treat me as a stranger okay Don't put off other things in your life for me because we met three days ago and you think you're obsessed and you're in love. Like that to me is a turnoff because they're not prioritizing the things that are important to them in their lives and the things that are already moving for them in their lives for someone that they just met. Because realistically, we don't know each other like that. But always be a gentleman. Always be kind. But don't be overly kind. Don't be sharing things you shouldn't be sharing with me right now. Don't be prioritizing me when we literally just met. Like obviously, yes, I want to be pursued but I want you to take care of your shit first and then make sure that you have enough to give to me afterward. Just like avoiding love bombing at all costs, okay? Number five is a gentleman to everyone. I love this. When a man is like so kind and such a gentleman to everybody, I just like sit and I watch him and I go, you sweet soul. You absolutely adorable sweet soul. I'm obsessed with you. There's like this trope of he's like so mean and grumpy to everybody else, but then he has a soft spot with me. And I used to eat that up until I realized that like that's just daddy issues. Like let's be so for real right now. That is just daddy issues. Like I don't want somebody who is like mean and grumpy because I want to bring him around my friends. I want to see him treating other people kindly. I want his default to be a warm, kind, gentle man. Because you know, at the end of the day, whatever his default is, he'll eventually be that way with you. It freaks me out when men are like yeah like everybody else in my life thinks I'm like cold and grumpy and I just you know don't really like people I don't really talk I'm like oh I don't know man I don't know because that freaks me out because one day what if you're that way with me like what if one day I'm the person you won't even give the time of day okay number six is gentle with me and my heart and I just this one makes me melt because when Utah boy and I would have conversations like I would literally come off the phone being like I feel like he just read my journal the things that I have always been afraid of and the things that I've always looked for and been like I need a man who is so gentle with me who wants to help and is so kind to me and so many things like literal phrases that I'd written in my journal we would have conversations and he would say them nearly word for word and I'd be like oh my gosh like this man 
really cares about me. Like my heart is safe. I'm okay to let my guard down. And it was beautiful while it lasted. Like our relationship, how it built, it was beautiful. And I will never discount that. Not saying I'm holding on to it, but I will say that it was a beautiful experience because my therapist and I were talking as I was getting this relationship with Utah boy and she still loves him. And I'm like, ma'am, I need you to let him, like, listen, if I'm moving on, you also need to move on, okay? Let's all chit-chat about how we're moving on. Let's say it together, moving on. Wow, sounds so good, feels great. Anyways, as we were talking, I was like, I'm really scared, like, I don't wanna get in this relationship. Like, this just is super uncomfortable for me because in my mind, being in a relationship meant getting hurt. It meant adding some more trauma onto the pile. It meant adding years or months or whatever of just crying and just being distraught. And here I am crying and being distraught, but let's not talk about it because my therapist was like, hey, love can be healing. Being in a relationship can be healing. And I know you don't believe that right now because every experience you've had with love has been detrimental to you and it's hurt and you've come away feeling like less of yourself. But I promise you, love can be healing. And even if it doesn't last, it can be healing while it does last. So I went into this relationship with a really closed off, really scared heart. And what I discovered is that a relationship and love can be healing. I think my relationship with Utah Boy was incredibly healing. I learned so much more about myself and so much more about love. And I came away from that relationship kinder to myself. I came away from that speaking better to myself, speaking more highly of myself, seeing myself more highly, giving myself more grace, allowing myself to relax more often. Like I became a kinder, softer, more gentle version of myself. And that is incredible. Like I didn't know love could do that. I didn't know a relationship could do that. I thought that you had to be on your guard all the time and it was going to make you come away feeling like a shell of yourself and you were going to lose yourself in this person. And it was just going to be a shit show. You're going to cry about it forever. But with him, I learned that I can be independent, I can be myself, I can be radiant, and I can still enjoy love. So number seven is provides a mentally calm environment. If I'm in a relationship with someone, they should be my peace. They should be my calm. They should not be bringing more chaos into my life. If I'm in a relationship with someone, it's because they're elevating my lifestyle. It's because they're elevating my happiness. If I'm already, and I've talked about this on my spam page, but if I'm already at like an eight happiness-wise, and they come into my life, I should be at like an 11. It shouldn't be that I'm at a four searching for somebody to bring me to maybe a six. And then of course, I'm not gonna let go of that person because if they're bringing me to a six and they leave, I'm gonna go back down to a four or maybe even a three now. Like, of course, I'm gonna hold on to that person because I was already so low and this person was bringing me up and it's gonna suck to have them leave. But when I met Utah Boy, I was at like an eight. I was thriving. I was a live my best life. I just come back from a trip to Hawaii. I was like so committed to my single girl era. And then I met him and I was like, I'm already really happy with myself. I'd love for you to join the fray. I'd love for you to hop on the bandwagon. Like, come along. Like, let's be happy together. And that's what I'm searching to achieve again. And looking back, I think I would describe myself then as an eight. But I don't know if I was like, I think I'm learning that I have more capability for happiness than I even realized I did. And I think now I'm happier than I was then, but I know the levels of happiness I'm capable of. So I, it seems lower when in reality, I am constantly becoming more happy with myself, more secure with myself. And especially in Hawaii, I am on such a high level that I want someone who even elevates that further. I want someone who brings more calm, more peace into my life because I'm already creating that environment for myself. Okay, number eight is an energy giver. I think this is so important because again, as we were just talking about, I am working so hard to fill my own cup and that's something I've had to work at this year is I will give and I will give and I will give even when my cup is beyond empty and that is not a flex. That is not healthy. That is not cute. Being a people pleaser, giving when you don't have anything is not cute. And I've had to learn that this year because I'm like, I'll give to them even when I'm in like the lowest spot and I'll show up for them even when I'm, that's not cute. That's not fun. That's not something that you should be glorifying. Like I show up for them even when I'm not feeling like it, even when I'm down in the dumps, you should be working on yourself and then be able to show up for somebody. And I want someone who does that for themselves as well because they show up for themselves and then bring to the relationship. They give me energy. And this means they're also like positive. This means they're also working on themselves. They're excited about their life. An energy giver is like the most important thing to me in a relationship. All of this is, but like that's really up there. You know, when you're hanging out with someone and you just come away and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like my brain is mush. I need six days to recover from that. And then there's other people you hang out with and you're like, I feel on fire right now. I feel so happy. I feel so glowy. I wanna marry the kind of person that makes me feel glowy. Number nine, they are my safe place to talk about anything and everything with. 
again, I love to talk about things. And if there's something on my mind that I just really need to talk about or anything that like maybe I'm embarrassed about, or sometimes there's a lot of things that happen like in my childhood or things that even happen in my teenage years that I'm embarrassed of or I'm scared of or I'm making realizations about that are like scary and hard. And I don't know who to talk to them about. And I don't know how to say it out loud. But having that person that I know I can go to and they're going to understand and they're going to wrap me up and be like, hey, let's talk about it. I want them to be my safe place or like fears around money. I, for the longest time, had the hardest time talking about money in relationships. And that's something I'm going to have to get really comfortable with being in a relationship with someone, being in a partnership with someone, having joint financial ventures with someone. I'm going to have to get really comfortable with that. And somebody that I feel like I can open up with and talk about the hard, embarrassing things. I know I keep referencing him, but again, Utah boy, that was the first time I ever experienced not feeling any fear around opening up and telling him things. And I This is so funny, but I have this playlist that I listen to when I take off on a flight and it is the cheesiest breaking music, but it makes me feel on top of the world. And I do it on every single flight. I will not miss this, okay? It is my ritual. Every time I take off on a flight, I have these certain songs that I listen to and they're just so cheesy and I feel like on top of the world. Okay, it's my favorite thing, but I would be humiliated if anybody heard those songs and it's like, I'm sorry, What are you listening to? Are you like a mom in 2016? Like, yes, I am. Okay, yes, I am. I'm listening to Ben Rector. Okay, leave me alone. And so I committed myself. I was like, nobody's ever gonna hear this. Like, this is so embarrassing. But when Utah Boy and I were going to Mexico on the flight, I had my headphones in and he's like, what are you listening to? I was like, oh, nothing. He's like, I wanna listen. And I was like, no, it's like really cheesy. It's just like my takeoff music. It's super cheesy. He's like, I really wanna listen. And I was like, okay. So then he like put my little headphone in and listened with me as we took off. And I was just like so on edge. I was so embarrassed. My face was red. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so cheesy. I just have the most cheesy side to me. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but like maybe cliche. I just have like this very innocent, happy-go-lucky side to me. And I'm just like, the world is at my fingertips. The world is my oyster. Anyways, he's listening to the music and I look over at him and he's like, this is really good. I really like this. And I was like, wait, stop. Okay, hello. Like that is not the reaction I was expecting at all. He's like, I love that you listen to this. Like, that's so cool. I just, I want that experience again where I can like open up to somebody and be like so scared and embarrassed. And they're like, no, this is really cool. I accept this. This is awesome. Let's move forward. I love that. Number 10, I already spoke about this, but loves talking about deep topics and loves getting to know my mind and how it works. I think that I sometimes feel very unappreciated. I feel very misunderstood. And having a partner who aims to understand me, aims to get to know me and aims to get to know the inner workings of my mind and how it works. Because I wrote down, this was literally yesterday. And again, this is cheesy, but I said, my mind has always been a kingdom of its own. More corridors and doors than I could ever open for anybody. I live a million lives inside my mind and it leaves me feeling alone. That's why I cling to people that travel the halls with me because they've seen some of it and they know. Like being vulnerable with someone is opening up those doors. It's showing people the halls and the corridors and showing them around the dusty or bright or dark or whatever it is, like those corners of your mind and opening up those doors and showing them what's behind and showing them the experiences or the trauma or the things you're excited about. And it's so scary to open up those doors. And for me, I feel like There are endless halls. There are so many things. I can't even make a dent in the surface when I try to show people, when I try to open up to them. So people that I actually do open up to and that actually make the effort to venture down those halls, I cling to them because it's so hard to get them into the building and show them through and give them a tour of the facilities. So it's just, it's hard for me to let go of people that I really connected with because it's really hard for me to connect with people that deeply. It's hard for me to open up to people that much, if that makes sense. And number 11 goes without saying, extremely emotionally intelligent and calm. But when I say emotionally intelligent, I mean that they're able to read their own emotions and they're able to read my emotions. Like they can read the fucking room. When I was with Clocklet Boy, I had a conversation with him about how I felt responsible for his emotions sometimes. And he said, no, I need you because you're the one who understands my emotions better than I do. You know what I'm feeling before I even know I'm feeling it. You know how to deal with what I'm feeling and you know how to read what I'm feeling and you tell me and you explain it to me and like, I need you because you understand me and my emotions. And basically he's telling me, he's like, I need you to feel my emotions for me and basically just tell me what I'm feeling, which is incredibly unhealthy, okay? That person should know what they're feeling and they should be able to read the room. It's fine for me to understand and know what he's feeling because I'm emotionally intelligent. I've done the work to understand what I'm feeling so that I can also read the signs in other people and help them when they're feeling hard things as well and help understand them and give them empathy and compassion. But it's not my job to feel it for them or explain it to them or process it for them. So 
that was incredibly unhealthy. That's the opposite of emotional intelligence. I want someone who does know what they want, who does know what they're feeling, who knows what they need in that moment, and who knows what I need in that moment as well. If I'm feeling anger and overwhelm, they aren't stupid. They can read the room. All right, last few here. Doesn't abandon me with housework or cleaning. We kind of already talked about that. Makes me excited about having kids. This goes with doesn't abandon me, but someone that I actually want to procreate with. And I go, oh my gosh, like I actually would like to bring another human into this world with this person and they'll carry their own weight. Like he'll carry his weight. He'll do what he needs to do with the baby. I don't have to tell him. He'll just step up and do it. We agree on parenting styles. I would literally let him raise my child. Like that is a huge deal. For me to say, I would allow your influence into my child's life. I would allow you to raise my child that is a huge deal to me. And for me to actually want to have a child with someone means that they have shown me that they are incredibly responsible. I don't have to tell them what to do. Whatever the opposite of weaponized incompetence is, is what I want in a partner. Number 14 brings me closer to God. I have a relationship with God that is so important to me. And I want someone who also has a relationship with God and we can talk about it and they bring me closer. Protective, a place where I can let my guard down and admit my fears and insecurities. We kind of already talked about that. I feel safe enough to cry around them. Oh, this one's important. I don't know what it is, but my mind and my body can tell when I'm safe around someone. And I cannot physically cry if I'm feeling any sort of insecure, any sort of unsafe. So when I cry around someone, I'm like, okay, I can trust this person. I'm safe. Like my intuition knows I'm going to be okay. Number 17, we maintain a sense of independence and individuality and discuss what that looks like to us. I think in a relationship, it's so easy to like get involved and wrapped up in each other and just get so engaged with what you're doing that you just forget about the outside world. But I want to see what it would look like for us to be independent, for us to be individuals, and for us to consistently talk about what that looks like while still building our partnership. Okay, 18, someone I could be goofy with and literally like cry laugh with, bestie vibes, right? Like not only responds to my funny, but adds to it because I know I'm funny as hell. I understand that, okay? I literally could talk and laugh and giggle with myself for hours, but I want someone who adds on to that, okay? I can be a little comedian, but I need them to give me some crowd work, like get in there, like riff with me. They just go along with the bit and they add to it. Okay, 19, can be with me without initiating something sexual. And I probably could add this to like my physical part of the list, but non-sexual physical intimacy, I feel like is so important for just bringing you together closer. Like back rubs, playing with my hair, just being cute and physical without it being sexual. Okay, 20, views us as a leadership partnership, standing shoulder to shoulder, building in our life. There is not a big or a little or a leader or a follower we are an equally powerful partnership building off of each other's energy. And 21, we'll hate on men with me. Okay, again, that's one thing I liked about Utah boys. I would go on rants. I'd be like pissed off about men. I'd be like, oh my gosh, like da da, patriarchy this. I hate men this. And he'd be like, yes, queen, slay. Like he would fully back me up and we would just rant about guys together. He's like, I know, like that's rough. Like I'm so sorry you have to deal with that. And it was just, okay, you get it. You can go along with it. And he wasn't offended because he knew it didn't apply to him because he wasn't doing those things. So I feel like anybody that gets like unnecessarily offended by those things is because they're feeling called out. Anyways, I want a guy who'll hate on men with me because he knows that sometimes they really fucking suck. Moving on to princess treatment. Love this category. Loves to travel with me and they travel with me frequently. And when it comes to traveling, they pay and they plan, okay? I want to sit back and I want to be a little travel princess in my first class seat, going to wherever we're going. They plan, they pay. Also, when it comes to planning trips, they actually plan the trip and they don't just like feel like, let's just go feel it out. I will say that's one thing that got under my skin with Utah boys. We would just, yeah, let's just go feel it out. Okay, I want us to be going here on this day, here on this day, relaxing this day, going to the beach on the, like, I want a plan. Because if we're going somewhere, I don't want to just like wake up at like noon and be like, what do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? And then we waste our entire day. And then why did we even travel? Like, yes, let's relax. But I also want to explore. So bills, they provide for home and bills. Ideally, 100%. I think if I could choose my absolutely ideal relationship, they would pay for the house and bills 100%. And they would encourage me to invest my own money. And that I think was actually one of the numbers down here. I wrote that down specifically, but I want them to encourage me to invest into myself, into my business, into stocks, into learning about my own finances and investing into myself for my future while they're taking care of the bills and the house and they're just taking care of shit. Okay, they send me flowers frequently, especially when we're apart. Number five, dedicated date night. Obviously, we have to have a dedicated date night. Hello, like dating doesn't stop. 
Number six, gifts. I really receive love through gifts a lot of times, which I've had to come to terms with. I'm like, no, that's so materialistic. No, bitch, I like gifts. I do, okay? So like flowers, buying little things that remind me of them, buying things that I mention that I want, like rich girl princess treatment. Okay, number seven, would rather spend his money on me than anything else. If he's like, what should we do? I'll take her on a trip. I'll buy her this bag. Like that to me is so attractive. And like the fact that he's thinking about me when it comes to these things and like how he can provide for me, how he can make my life happier, how he can make my life easier. I'm like, yes, come home. Let's go. Get in my car. I'm taking you with me. Number eight has incredible taste. No, I know that I wrote more about this because I'm reading off my little list. I know I wrote more about this. We're going to find it. Okay, give me one second. Okay, it's in my invested in himself list. And it's good hygiene, good style, has incredible taste in clothes, shoes, watches, restaurants. Like they know what they like with hotels. They know who they love. They know what kind of amenities they like. Like someone who just has incredible taste and has a good skincare routine, already knows his decor style. I literally, the opposite of a fixer-upper. I refuse to date a fixer-upper. Like you have to know your shit. I already know my shit. And also I don't know anything about men's fashion. Give it to me and I'm gonna put them in the skinny jeans and a flannel. It's gonna be bad and nobody's gonna like it and I need them to dress themselves because I'm focused on dressing myself. I don't know shit about men's fashion, okay? Leave me out of this. You have to know your own thing. Figure out what works for you and come to me already in your little package, already in your little bow so we can move forward as a partnership. I'm not interested in fixing you up. I'm really not. I'm not interested in being your mother. Oh, number nine, here it is. Encourages me to save and invest my own money. Okay, number 10, offers to pay for my nails. Yes, yes, daddy. Like, pay for my nails. Like, come on. Are you kidding me? I'm so sorry, mom. I really do apologize. I know you're listening. But like, if I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go get my nails done, they're gonna say, here's $100. Perfect, gracias, thank you. Tell me what color to get because whatever it is, we're going. No, I'm gonna just choose my own color. But still, if I'm like, hey, should I get pink or brown? They say, oh, I like brown. You should do this shade. I don't know, I love it when they have an opinion. I'm like, yes, bring it on, please. And they go, yes, this shade really matches your skin tone. You look great. I'm like, oh, perfect. Endless words of affirmation. Do I even have to explain that one? Just endless. Like. I'm his little princess and we are all aware, okay? Endless words of affirmation. Okay, number 12, sees me as a treasure to protect and nurture. Love it. Will not lose me for anything. Will protect me through anything. Number 13, this is a phrase that Utah boy said that I am taking and running with because I love it. But he said, I want to make other girls jealous of my girlfriend, not my girlfriend jealous of other girls. Like with the way that I treat you, with the way that I am kind to you, with the way that I speak to you, with the things that I buy you. I'm like, yes, okay, I'm here for it. That's exactly what I want. I want other girls to look at me and be like, holy shit, like how is she getting this princess treatment? Like I wish that was me. That's gonna be me one day. That's what I want. Not me being like, why is my boyfriend giving all these other girls attention? Why is he at the bar like talking to this other girl? Like why is he looking at the waiter? Why is he opening the door for another girl and I have like this sense of jealousy? Because if I'm secure in my relationship and he opens the door for another girl, I'm like, yes, you go, you be a gentleman. But if he's like making me feel so insecure, making me feel unwanted and he's like going and doing all those nice things for other girls, I'm going to be pissed off. Like, of course I am. I'm going to be jealous. Okay, number 14, want the destination wedding and will pay for my family to go to said destination wedding. Okay, because I want a destination wedding, but I'm not going to expect my family to like pay for that. I'm not going to expect them to fly themselves out, pay for their hotel. I will not get married until either I can pay for it or he can pay for it. And ideally he's paying for it. He's like, yes, I'd love to fly your family out here. I'd love to get it together, but I really would not, I really don't want to get married until I know that I can financially afford to fly my family out, to have them stay in Italy with me wherever we are for our destination wedding. That is my absolute dream. Number 15 comes from a solid, wealthy family. That's the family I want to be a part of. I want someone who comes from taste, who comes from wealth, who will fly my family out to Italy again. Anyways, number 16, he does not let me pay. I kid you not, if I get my card out, I want him to like slap that shit out of my hand. Okay, not violently, but you know what I'm saying? Someone who will not let me pay, they're like, no, I'm not in a million years. I have all this abundance I want to share with you. Let me share it with you. Like this is something that makes them happy. They don't want me to pay. Number 17, opens every door. That's a given. Number 18, sidewalk roll. If you know the sidewalk roll, you know the sidewalk roll. Basically, it's that they're always on the side with the cars. It's just like a little thing that's very protective and very cute and just like makes me feel like safe and little princessy. And I just want to be able to shut my brain off and feel so safe with someone. But yeah, sidewalk roll, they always know they're supposed to stay on that side. 
with the cars. Number 19 maintains the energy and increases it as the years go by. Again, dating doesn't stop when you're engaged or you're married and you should pursue someone. Like they're pursuing me, but I want them to continue to pursue me and the energy increases and it only gets better and better. Okay, decision maker. Oh my days. Obviously one of my red flags was indecisive, but when they make decisions, I'm like, take me home right now. Let's go home. I, we need to come on right now. Let's go. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. I'm obsessed with the energy we've created in the studio today. Let's go. And then number 21 wants to take cute pictures with me. When I'm hanging out with someone or like I'm dating them or like getting to know them, whatever. And they're like, let's take a picture. Like I want to remember this. Or like they take the pictures of the food too. Or like they're taking pictures with me or they're asking a stranger like, hey, can you take a picture of us? I think that's so cutie when they want to remember the moment just as much as I do. And then 22 pursues me, plans dates the beginning and even months and years in the relationship. Again, basically what I just said. 23 likes to cook. I like to cook but sometimes I don't want to cook all the time. So I need someone who can also cook and also likes to cook and also can make more things than I can because I also make like a turkey bowl and like breakfast tacos and a smoothie. And that's kind of it. Someone who has a little chef in them would be greatly appreciated. Number 24, can stand up to my dad respectfully or can stand up to people in my life respectfully. Sometimes some boundaries need to be set. And I want someone who is able to be respectful about boundaries and stand up for me and our relationship and just respectfully. Number 25, romance in the little moments. Little forehead kisses, dancing in the kitchen, responds to bids for attention. If I go, oh, look, that's a really cool bird. They go, wow, that is a really cool bird. That That's romance right there. That is fully romance. And I'm his safe place as much as he is mine. And we work together for a fairy tale love that our kids will be so sick of, but they're going to have a model for a healthy love that grows over time. And that is tie it with a bow. That sums it up. But we've still got like three more pillars. How many more pillars? I think three. Anyways, I'm trying to go quick, babe. I promise you I am. Okay, this is the next tier. Invested with me and my success. First of all, listens to my podcast. Can we just get that out into the ether, out into the universe? Listens to my podcast. I would love somebody who was like, wow, I loved your newest episode. Or like, that was so good. Or I can't wait for your next one. Someone who's like really looking forward to my content and listens and has feedback and has thoughts and is just so invested. Utah boy didn't listen to my podcast. Okay, we were together while I started the podcast and he didn't listen to it. And that actually really hurt my feelings. I want someone who listens to my podcast. Also loves taking photos of me. Okay, is my little Insta boyfriend and has effort when he's taking them. And he's like, oh, this looks good. Do that pose. I like this angle. And like learns my angle, learns what works for me and doesn't just take my phone as like, okay, click. Like, let's take a picture. Can we move on now? No, someone who is like ready for it. Like, babe, you look so good in this lighting. Scoot to the left, there's a shadow on your face. Someone who's invested, like my own personal photographer. They're in love with me. They want to see me glow. They want to see my angles work out. Love, love, love that, okay? Also encourages me to talk just because he loves listening. Again, I'm a talker. You know what? Maybe they don't have to be necessarily a talker as well, but I want them to encourage me to talk. I want them to be like, I love listening to the sound of your voice. I love how your mind works. Just keep talking to me. It's like my favorite thing in the world. And I go, yes, sir, I will talk. There's one thing I will do. It is talk. Okay, number four, endlessly supportive of my work. Again, my biggest fan. Can't get enough of me. Watching my TikToks, comments on my TikToks, hypes me up, is so here for me. Okay, you know Sydney Adams and that dude Jay, okay? Obsessed with their relationship because he's like hyping her up all the time, commenting on her stuff. He makes his own content now. That is so cute to me. Like they are just so there for each other, hyping each other up. Like I want someone who just really supports and understands my career like that. Okay. And then number five, wants to listen to me play the piano and sing. I've played the piano and I've sung since like before I could freaking walk. So I want someone who just loves to like sit and listen to me play and loves to listen to me sing and loves to listen to me write new music and just can sit there and be serenaded by me. I'm like, sit down on the couch, baby. Put your feet up. Let me serenade you because it's something that really fulfills me. And if they like really encourage me to play and encourage me to work on my creativity, I love that so much. Okay, number six, they make my dreams feel so possible. And I remember being on the phone with my mom at one point being like, mom, like I feel like this guy, Utah boy, all the dreams that I've ever seen for myself only seem more possible with him. Like they seem more within reach because I outdo every man that I'm with. Every man I know that eventually in five years, I'm gonna outwork them. I'm gonna out earn them. I'm gonna out ambition them. If they can't keep up, how the hell am I supposed to be in my feminine? How the hell am I supposed to relax and know that things are gonna be taken care of? If I know that I'm going to be literally fending for our lives all by myself, but with him, I recognize that feeling of everything that I see for myself, I think is going to be expanded upon. I think it's going to get even better. 
and I know what to look for in the future when I want to have that feeling again. So again, I'm just grateful that I have that feeling because now I know what to look for in the future. Number seven, they work with me to make my dreams a reality. So things that I want, they're like, how can I help? How can I be of service? How can I step up for you? How can I make your dreams a reality? Number eight, but they don't overstep and give me advice when it's not asked for. So they cheer me on instead and they give me confidence. And it's not like, oh, maybe you should be doing this. You should try this. You should market in this way. You should da-da-da. But instead they go, you are such a good marketer. You are so good at what you do. You are so engaging. You are so radiant. And they give me confidence. They cheer me on rather than, maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try this. Tell me where. Write it out for me. Spell it out. Circle it on the paper. Where the fuck did I ask? I did not. Any man who gives me advice, I just, my eye starts twitching. I'm like, do you understand that I've gotten myself this far in my career a-okay by myself? I need you to encourage and cheer me on and tell me how awesome and amazing and cool and amazing and awesome I am and not tell me, oh, you should be doing this instead. You should be doing this. It just, it's demeaning, okay? They should respect me enough to just cheer me on and ask how they can help. Number nine, they appreciate me for everything I am. Specifically, they know how intense I can get and they love it. They love to see that fire in me. They love to see that intenseness. They love me for everything that I am. They love me for how sensitive I am. They love me for how easily I cry. They love me for how deeply I feel things. And that is why they love me. They love me because I think about things so much. They love me because I laugh so much. They love me because I talk so loud. They love me because I talk so much. They love me because of these things that make me so uniquely me that some people could be annoyed with. But for them, they go, this is the thing that just draws me to her, makes her so radiant. Number 10, they don't make me feel dumb. Oh my days. This is something I've experienced in relationships before because I am very much head in the clouds sometimes and I will make stupid mistakes. I joke because I can do incredibly powerful and amazing things. And then I struggle opening up like a jar because I'm twisting the lid the wrong way. Just like stupid shit like that. How are you surviving on your own, you know? Every once in a while, I'll have those moments where it's like, I can literally conquer the world, but I'm going to run into a concrete pole with my car, you know? So I want someone who understands that. And like, even if I overlook things, I don't want them to make me feel like a child or make me feel bad about my stupid mistakes when I'm in my own little world. But number 11 is someone that outside of a relationship, I would trust enough to go into business with and respects my strength. Again, I already spoke about that. But number 13 is I can be feminine with them, but they understand how powerful I am. And that, that's so important to me. Like they understand this girl's a badass, but I'm going to let her be feminine. And like he respects my feminine. He doesn't expect me to be always ready to go, but he knows that I can be powerful when I need to, when I want to, but allows a safe place for me to land. The last one, which is surprising, but at the same time, it's going to make sense, but they don't challenge me. Okay. I am hard enough on myself. I challenge myself way more than enough. I don't need a man to challenge me. I need a soft place to land at the end of a challenging day. I am already the one who is like in my head asking for more, seeing how far I can go, seeing how big we can make it. I don't need somebody who's also adding to that pressure. I need someone who's like, hey, at the end of the day, I'm here for you. Here's a safe place. Here's a soft place. Let it all down. Let your guard down. Let's talk about it. Let's feel it. You know, someone who is just encouraging and soft. The next category is invested in himself and his success. So it was invested in me and my success, but I also needed to be invested in him and his success. So he has a good relationship with his family. That's incredibly important. I've spoken about that before in my red flags list, but having a good relationship with his family is just imperative. It shows that he is able to communicate. It shows that he's able to work through problems. It shows that he is able to brush off small annoyances and see what things are actually important in his life and then has a growth mindset. He loves to talk about things and research things about like mindset and manifestation, health and wealth and is always learning about something because I know I am. I'm learning about things. I'm looking into things. I'm always researching. I'm always trying to see like how I can be better, how I can manifest more things. I'm always looking into mindset and things like that. And I want him to also be looking into those things. Like I want my future husband. I picture him right now out there learning, growing, building. And when we meet with each other, we're going to be like, holy shit, we were basically made for each other. Like we've both been thinking about and loving these things separately. And now we can come together and love them equally together. Okay. Has a healthy relationship with food. This is huge. They're secure enough in themselves. They've done the work to become secure with food. And again, I cannot be balancing both my eating disorder behaviors and their eating disorder behaviors. If I'm trying to recover 
I cannot also recover you. I can't take your tendencies and try to push them out of my mind with also my tendencies. But someone who has like a healthy relationship with food is incredibly healing to be around. And I just, I want that so badly. And then also has a healthy relationship with work-life balance. Someone who is going to be as, as successful as I have outlined and someone who can keep up with me is going to have to work very hard to have a work-life balance. Dean Graziosi is someone that I really looked up to when it comes to work-life balance. He is this millionaire entrepreneur. Like he does a lot of mindset mastermind things now, but he used to work in real estate. He used to work in the car industry. He's kind of like Tony Robbins vibe. And with all these incredibly successful businesses, with his incredibly busy schedule, he still makes time to drive his kids to school, to pack them lunches, to coach their baseball team. That is exactly what I want because I'm going to make an effort to show up for my kids 110% as much as I can. I'm going to make it a priority to drive them to school, to be face-to-face with them, to have conversations with them, to have a good relationship with them and my husband. And I want this person to be able to also have that work-life balance, to make it a priority to show up for me and our kids and our family, even if a million things are going on at work. Okay, the next one is works on their mind, their work, their family, and their relationships. They have an overflowing cup of love and security and fulfillment to bring to the relationship. I've outlined this so many times because that's how important it is to me because I've learned that this year is that when I don't have a full cup, I cannot show up to a relationship. So if somebody else does not have a full cup and doesn't know how to fill their cup, they're going to drain me. I'm going to show up to this relationship with so much love and so much healing and so much growth and I'm going to come out of it drained because I'm going to be their source of happiness and that never works. It just doesn't. And that's something I really, really learned with Utah Boys because With the long distance, we've both been able to stay in our own happy lanes and fill our own cups. But then it started to get to the point where we would be draining each other a little bit because the long distance was so hard. And if you're asking why the hell did you not move to Utah because it would solve all your problems because you'd finally be with the person that you loved, the answer is because neither of us would want that. He would never ask me to move to Utah. He knows how much I hate it. He would never expect me to move here. He'd never expect me to be happy here. And he wouldn't want me to. We've had this discussion. He does not want me to move to Utah because if I do, then I'm moving to Utah for the expectation of being together. I'm moving to Utah for him and he will be my sense of happiness. And what if we break up? Or what if I'm having a hard day and he's having a hard day and I have to lean on him and I'm draining him because I hate Utah. And he's like the one source of happiness that I'm draining. Like I'm draining his life source and mine. And that's just not fair to either of us. Okay, these next ones I already addressed, but incredible taste, of course. And then the next one is business owner. That is so important to me. I don't think it's like a non-negotiable. I don't think it's the biggest thing, but it might be. Like there's a very small amount of careers that I will consider dating or consider having as a partnership in my life because whoever I'm dating, their work has a huge influence on my life. It has a huge impact on my life because it's affecting their happiness. And then their happiness, it's bringing that emotion into my relationship. So there's very few careers that I'll consider allowing into my life. I want them to be able to have flexibility, control over their schedule, ability to travel. I want them to be incredibly happy with what they do as well. That's the number one reason I love a business owner. That's the number one reason I'm attracted to someone who is a business owner, a CEO, whatever you want to call it. Someone who has complete control over their schedule because they usually love what they do. There's a reason they started their company. There's a reason they're the head of their company. There's a reason they're so good at what they do because they love it. There's a reason they've chosen to devote their entire life into doing this thing on their own or jumping into a solo venture and building it because they love it so much. And with this, again, they have control over their schedule. They have control over their finances. They have flexibility and they are doing something that fulfills them. So they have passion and zest for their work and not just for their hobbies. You know, like I want them to love what they do every day when they wake up and not just go to work and then I come home and I guess I have a hobby that I like to do that might fulfill me. No, I don't want them to be at anybody else's bidding. Tell me why it gives me an ick to be like, oh yeah, my boss said I can't have this day off. Tell me why that's so, I can't, like I literally cannot. I'm like, do you understand that I have been working for myself since I was 17 years old? Like I need you to get on my level. I don't want you to be, oh yeah, sorry, my boss said I has to cut our lunch short. Uh Uh-uh, no ma'am. Like your boss that, no, be your own. Like figure out your own shit. And that's like a little harsh, but that is just how I feel about my husband. Like I just can't imagine my husband being like, sorry, babe, I got to, I'm called into the office because my boss said he's going to fire me if da-da-da. I want him to be like, there's this project I'm so excited about. I'm working on it. I will be home soon. I'm going to put it away. But, you know, the companies, I just, you can figure out the vibe that I'm feeling. I know you can. There's a huge difference between going to work and working on something that you're building 
and going to work and working on something that somebody else is building. And I just want someone who's as passionate as I am about what they do, because I fucking love what I do. Okay, this one is gym boy, okay? At least bigger thighs than me, and we've talked about this. We need them to be like a big, burly boy, like someone I can just eat them up, you know what I'm saying? So they just work out and they consistently take care of their body and they are into fitness without being like overly into fitness. And it's just like uncomfortable to listen to. And you're like, okay, like, thank you for telling me your PR at like a thousand decibels today. Now my eardrums are shattered and I'm scared. Thank you. Next one is he has a future he's actively working towards. There's nothing more attractive than a man who has a future for himself and won't settle for a mediocre lifestyle because I'm not settling for a mediocre lifestyle. And I know for a goddamn fact, they are not settling for a mediocre lifestyle either. Someone that I'm going to marry? No, ma'am. They're going to take what I see as a vision for myself and they're going to say, we can do better. We can go bigger. Now we're on to physical. All right. This one's a little short. We're going to keep it mostly PG, but no sex until dating. That is a rule that I have for myself. I don't like to have, you know, I just said the word. I don't know why I'm like muting myself. I don't like to have sex outside of relationships just because I feel like it is such an intimate, amazing thing. And also I'm fucking radiant. It is a privilege to touch me. It is a literal gift on this planet to be touched by me. Like that is a huge deal for you to come into my energy field and for you to be touching me and for you to have the opportunity to be in my presence and touch me in that way, that is a huge privilege. And I hope you consider it the same for yourself because I've had to go on this journey of realizing how much of a gift it is for somebody to be able to be in my presence and enjoy how incredible I am because being able to have that sense of yourself and be like, yeah, I'm absolutely incredible. I'm insane. I am a literal goddess. And you touching me is a privilege and I don't think you've earned it. A concept I've been thinking about lately is like, no one gets to touch me. Like that's a privilege that they don't earn until they've shown me that my heart is entirely safe with them. And then number two is explorative with me and makes it a priority to discover new things together. I think it's so important to keep things fresh and fun and alive. And they're so willing to like explore and have an open mind about things and make it fun. Like it doesn't need to be a task. It's fun. It's so exciting together. That's not just sex. That's like anything physical. That's just like maybe learning a new massage technique with each other or like taking a bath with candles and some champagne together. Just cute things like they're open to exploring and open to just like having cutesy little fun. Okay, this one's a little taboo, but I've been learning about manifestation during climax. Okay, like let's just say it. I've been learning about manifestation during climax. All right. And I want someone who is open to exploring that with me. I think that's really cool. I think that's an incredible concept. And I think that there's so much power behind that. And having someone who doesn't make you feel weird about that and someone who is open to discussing things and like manifesting things together for your life together. That just sounds so exciting to me. And I want that so badly in a partner. Okay, this one, what is this? Okay, number four, pleasure giver just lets me relax in the moment. Like they are so focused on just me having the time of my life and me just loving the experience. And I just get to relax into it. And I just get to enjoy myself. Number five, makes me feel safe and desired in every moment, right? Like morning, evening, cooking, sleeping, whatever we're doing, I just feel so desired by this person. I feel so ethereal. I feel like this person is just obsessed with me. Like they just cannot wait to cherish me. I just love that feeling. I want to feel desired in every moment. I don't want to feel that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like, do they think I'm pretty right now? Like they, they haven't really touched me in a while. I don't think he's really attracted to me anymore. That's just not an option for me. We've got two more. We've got physical compatibility. He knows that I'm overstimulated and won't get offended when I need a second, right? Like sometimes I will just get so much anxiety in the moment. And what, even if we're just cuddling, like sometimes I will just get so physically overstimulated and I'm like, I need you to go on the other side of the bed. Like, don't touch me right now. I'm having literally so much anxiety. I'm so overstimulated. And they won't get offended by it because it's nothing about them. It has nothing to do with how much I like them. It's just, hey, I'm having so many sensations all over my body. Like, you're cuddling me, the clock is ticking, my hair is brushing me weird, and my socks feel funny, and the covers are scratchy. Like, go over there. Literally don't touch me. And I need someone who, like, understands that and doesn't get offended by it. But at the same time, they're still like, hey, like, I'm here for you, you know? Okay, last one is they understand what I've been through, and they're patient with it. I've opened up to you guys a little bit about some of the sexual trauma that I've experienced. And when it comes to in the moment, 
with sexual things, a lot of times I will freeze up or I'll have panic attacks or I'll just get so scared or I will, you know, maybe start to cry. Like there's a lot of times where I'll just like start to cry or I'll just in the moment need to stop or it's really uncomfortable for me to talk about certain topics. And I need someone who understands that and is like, I will be so incredibly patient with you and I want to explore things with you and I want to open up our horizons with each other on a slow level, on a level that we're both comfortable with. It makes me so aware that they are there for me and they are my safety no matter what. And someone who respects my boundaries 110%. Like if there's any sense they don't respect my boundaries or that they won't stop when I say stop, I will just spiral. So someone who understands what I've been through and is patient with me and is willing to work with me and is so excited to help me feel safe and healed in a sexual environment, that is huge for me. Okay, that went on for so long, but I feel like we did it as concise as Bethany possible. Like that's about as about as concise as I can possibly do. But I literally have to go pack right now and get to the airport. I just wanted to record this so I can edit it on the plane and get it out for you guys as quickly as possible. But I hope that you found some inspiration for some green flags here or for some things that you want to look for in a partner. Because I know that I'm going to always add to this list. Like there's always more goodness to look for and there's always more in a partner that I can bring into my life. And I really just do think the most important thing about a partner is that they bring goodness into your life. They bring nothing but goodness and happiness and clarity. I think that is the utmost important thing in a relationship is that emotional intelligence, that safety, that calmness. And I just cannot wait to find it. The person that I've just described is just an incredible, lighthearted individual. And we're going to build such a successful, beautiful life together. I just, I can't wait. And you guys, you know, when we find him, we'll find him. And it's going to be so fun. I'll bring you guys along on the journey. But this has been my Green Flags episode. I hope you guys are following along on BS with Bethany Simcoe on Instagram. If there's anything I missed or anything else you look for in a partner, comment, DM, tell me about it. Because I want to hear, I want to hear what the girlies are looking for. Or if anything I said inspired you, please let me know. It's always so good to hear from you. And this has been BS with Bethany Simcoe. I will see you when I see you.